<laughs> cool one. I need a stand. Do you know what? This is so nothing to do with anything, but um, Marge is here. And whenever Marge is here, I feel like uh, I think about my time in Tassie. So me and Mar- uh, Marge is from Tassie, but she's our D1 uh, youth. I don't actually know what your title is, but youth and young adults, something. Um, so she's been over because we've had a big weekend. But... Um, when I was younger, uh, me and my best friend at the time, we decided to make up names for each other. I don't know why, but we just did maybe because we never had nicknames and I was like, oh, I never had a nickname. And um, we thought we were a bit freakish. So we called, I called Jenny Freak Fun Times and her um, name for me was Enthusiastic Freak. I just thought of that because it said be enthusiastic. So maybe I've been enthusiastic my whole life and I just, I don't know, but that was my name and we used to write letters because back in the day you didn't have phones to text message and so we'd write letters and we'd be like hey dear freak fun times or dear enthusiastic freak and even now on our birthdays we write messages and anyway that's nothing to do with anything I'm speaking about this morning but I just thought about it when we thought about enthusiastic freak um how are you all this morning As I've pointed out, we've had a big weekend this weekend. On Friday night, we had our divisional youth uh, event at um, City Salvos. I'm actually not sure. Are they still called ACH or are they called City Salvos? Like, City Salvos, okay. Um, Yep, that's what it's called. And we went there and it was awesome. I don't know how many kids were there, but it was, the vibe was great. Um, We had lots of kids from around the division coming and just partying together and we were able to hear a great word from Marge. And then last night here, we had a young adults event. Um, It was a worship event. It was just a great um, time to hang out as young adults in our division, but also just to engage in some worship. And Adam Purcell, who is a national youth and young adults person, uh, he um, brought the word. So it's been a pretty full-on weekend this weekend, but a great weekend. Um, so thank you for everyone who's led in that space. It was a, it was a good time. Um, I, last week, Nathan started a new series for our church. Um, If you were here, you would have heard. If not, I'm sure you listen to it on the podcast like anyone that else would miss any week. That's what you do. Um, But we're starting a series around the church. And he actually brought us some good news. And the good news was that um, God builds his church, that actually there's Uh, That takes a lot of pressure off yourself to feel like you are the one who um, brings people to salvation, but actually God builds His church. Um, And this week you have me, and next week you have my husband Sam. And I look, I was actually, and this morning I was sitting down here and I had a reminder set on my phone, and it came up that I actually was meant to be preaching next week, but I'm a loving wife, and my husband asked whether we could switch weeks. And I, you know, I said yes, because that's the nice thing to do. But yeah, so we've, we've just switched it up this week. Um, but yes, okay, sorry. We, I got um, Jacob to read the scripture because I've got two scriptures for you this morning and both are kind of long. So I just thought breaking it up rather than you hearing my voice the whole time that you could hear Jacob's lovely voice. Um, And he brought to us um, Romans 12. And I'm going to read to you this morning from 1 Corinthians 
Corinthians 12, if I can speak. One body with many parts. The human body has many parts, but many but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. But we all have been baptised into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I am a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honourable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so all, so that all the members care for each other and if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it and if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Okay, sorry, that was long. Lots of repetitiveness in that scripture but that's all right. It will drill it in our minds. I'm just going to start with a few um, different, um, wait, I said this the other day and I said it wrong, tidbits. That's right, a tidbit. I think that's what it is. Um, yeah, I said it wrong. I said it wrong the first time. We're all over 18 in this room, but yes, I said it, well, no, we're not. So I won't repeat how I said it last time. But um, okay, throughout the scriptures, uh, the Old and the New Testament, God's people are described with different images and metaphors. There are actually three main metaphors that are used. Um, and that is that the people are the bride, the vineyard and the flock. So in the Old Testament, it doesn't refer to the church as this. It refers to Israel as this. So Israel as the bride of Christ, God's bride. Israel as God's vineyard and God shepherds Israel as his flock. In the New Testament, um, Jesus boldly uses these metaphors for the church. He is the bridegroom and we are his bride. We are the branches and he is the vine. We are the flock and he is the shepherd. They're the three main dominant metaphors used to describe the church. However, there's some um, support acts along the way. So there's four other references to the church throughout Scripture. And, most of the, and all of these are alluded to in the Old Testament and are used by Christ in the New Testament in reference to the church. And they are church, the church is a kingdom. We are a spiritual kingdom. Christ is the ruler and we're the kingdom. A household or family, we're sons and daughters of Christ, we're adopted into his family. And a building, uh, we know that it's not the physical building, but we the people are the building, Jesus is the foundation. Then there's a fourth, and I find this interesting, but 
All the others have been alluded to in the Old Testament or spoken about in the Old Testament in relation to Israel, except for one that's only brought up in the New Testament. And it's the metaphor I'm actually going to be speaking about today. And it's the metaphor that the church, we the church, are the body of Christ. The concept just doesn't exist in the Old Testament. The church is the body of Christ. It's our unique position in Christ. We are the church, a fellowship of one body, the body of Christ. Now, I'm sure all of you have heard this before. Like, I'm not sitting here kind of telling you new information. And actually, that's what I found really hard, this preach, because I just feel like I've sat probably under a lot of talks around being part of the body of Christ. And I wanted to make it different because I was like, oh man, I don't want it to be boring. But I just uh, strongly believe that God will, can teach us something new today. So if we tap in, I think that he can maybe reveal something maybe we haven't thought of before, even if it is a, a preach. I think Nathan has spoken about, he used Voltron Force a few times. There's other things that he has brought up. Um, so yeah, just stick with me and I really feel like we can get something out of this together this morning. So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to um, move through uh, some learnings this morning. God, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that um, you have given us uh, the church, Jesus, that you um, ha- uh, equip us, that you um, empower us, Jesus. And we just pray as we read through your word this morning, as we learn more about what it means to be part of the body of Christ, that you will speak to us, that our hearts will be open um, and that you will, uh, that we will walk away with um, new um, learnings and new things that we can bring into the week. We ask these things in your name. So what does this mean for the church? In Scripture, it is clear in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm just going to read the first bit. Don't worry, I won't read it all again. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptised into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. See, we are the body. We are the body of Christ, unified. And I want to stress that point. To be part of the body of Christ means that we need to um, function in unity. Nathan kind of brought that up last week. See, I believe part of the reason the church is so crippled today is because people just aren't functioning as part of the body. Unity needs to be the dominant characteristic of the body. It's how the body functions at its best. Though I'm not a medical expert, but I believe that to be true. One of the greatest ways the enemy works and tries to stop the church being the best it can possibly be is to stop us working together. A disunified church is a dysfunctional church, a church with little to no impact. So we need to be unified as one, one as we are designed to be. See, here is the truth. The moment that you receive Jesus, 
your point of salvation, you become part of the body. It says that we are baptised with one spirit into one body and now the spirit dwells within us. You, me, the person sitting next to you, everyone in the room that has accepted Jesus as their Saviour. We are all the same. We all have entered in the body the same, at the same point. We are equal, unified. It's a level playing field. Each have gifts, but each plays an equal part in this body of Christ. And I think that's so we can't boast of the works that we do, but actually our boasting can only come from who Jesus is working in us. It's not our will, but His will and His power. And as Nathan said, God builds His church church, through His amazing grace and the gift of salvation. But we are one, all the same. No one has more value than anyone else in the kingdom of God. And as we read in Romans and Corinthians, we all have gifts and we all have parts to play. And those gifts and those parts are equal in value and importance. See, in Romans 12, Paul was writing to Christians who were members of local churches in Rome. He described their relationship with one another in terms of the members of the body. And and again, he used that same picture when we read 1 Corinthians. The basic idea is that each believer is a living part of Christ's body and each one has a spiritual function to perform. Each believer has a gift or gifts to be used for the building up of the body and the perfecting of the other members of the body. In short... We belong to each other. When I say we, we the church, the body of Christ. We minister to each other and we need each other. There is no hierarchy of gifts. All are needed for the body to flourish and for our church to flourish. Again in Romans we read that everybody is somebody in the body of Christ. And everybody has something very important to contribute. There is not one person in the church who does not have something very important to contribute to the mission and the ministry of Rev Church. There is not one person in the church who God has not gifted for ministry. And we need everyone to participate if we're ever going to become the church that God is calling us to become. Young, old, men, women, long-time member, newest member. All together, playing our parts. In Ephesians 4, it says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What a great um, imagery, wording. I don't know the word, but... (laughs) I want to stop here and just mention this. We are the body of Christ The head of our body is Jesus. 
He is the source of all power and strength. Now, as I said before, I'm no medical expert. I haven't studied for like six years or 12 or how many you have to do nowadays to become sort of some sort of medical person. Um, I can't perform major surgeries. I can attempt some minor surgeries if I watch YouTube maybe. Um, but you probably don't want me to. Um, but there's something I know. And I might know this because I watched a lot of things like Grey's Anatomy. Um, but probably more likely my favourite movie when I was young was Braveheart. Not too young, like obviously of reasonable age that I was allowed to watch it. Um, but I also know this from Alice in Wonderland for all you underages in the room. If you cut off someone's head, they cease to exist. Just, a, I don't know, I don't know if you know that, but if, off with their heads. If their heads are off, they no longer exist. In Braveheart, they would cut them off, plant them on the bridges so people wouldn't come their way. Don't watch if you don't like that kind of gore. You, um, so we are the body and we need the head to function. We need a head to function. Um, so let us never cut off our power source, which is Jesus, the head. I just want to emphasise that. He is the head, He is the power, He is the source. We need to make sure that everything we do as the church is looking towards Jesus. Our eyes are not focused on that which is um, in our own strength. If we do it in our own strength, we've cut off the source. And that's not what we want to do because we don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so we need to make sure we tap into the head of the church and keep our focus on Jesus. I just wanted to make that clear. But we also need to recognise that we all have roles to play and that actually the church needs us to function. We need to recognise that we cannot do it alone and that there's value in every part. Making sure we are working together, unified, celebrating one another, it says. You know, like when someone's having a win, we, we do praise points. We, we were praising along with you. But also when someone in the body is suffering, we weep with you. Paul reminds us that we must care about the feelings of others. Christian fellowship is much more than just like a handshake or a little pat on the back. It means sharing burdens and the blessings of others so that we can grow together and glorify the Lord. I think what, I mean, Jacob didn't know about Jacob's thing this morning, getting real about what's something that was bad this week in our lives. It means being vulnerable, but I love that we got to share that. I probably overshared over here, but, um, but also celebrating the things that are going well. If Christians cannot get along with one another, how can we ever face the enemy? See, I believe spiritual gifts, and I'm not going into all the different spiritual gifts this morning. That's a whole, that's a series that goes for a long time, I feel. Um, but I, spiritual gifts are designed for three reasons, and we all have spiritual gifts. They're designed to edify, to build up the church. They're designed to ex exhort, encourage the church. And they're designed to comfort the church. 
Our gifts exist for others, to serve the body, not for ourselves. See, each member functions to serve the body. It's not actually the body's role to serve the members. The church is not here to serve us, but for us to serve the church. And this church needs you. Our church needs you. So I have a challenge for us today, and there's more, but I want us to ponder this as we go along. What part are you playing? What gifts have you been given and how are you using them to serve the local church? How can you build up, encourage and comfort the body this week? See, we're like, we're only a small church, I would say. I don't know what a definition of a small church is, but I would say we're a small church. But my desire, my heart's desire, and I'm sure a lot of your heart's desire, I'm sure Nathan's heart's desire, is that we want to see our church grow and flourish and become a larger church. Not because of numbers, because we want to see people enter the kingdom of God. And I love that there is some belief that Jesus builds the church. However, we all have a part to play. I believe if people attend our church, they will encounter um, the Holy Spirit. I, I see that every week when we come in and worship just goes off and praise goes off. You can, you can tell if people come, I honestly believe that they can't walk away without thinking something different in here. Like actually there are weeks where it's so tangible that I'm like, whoa, like it's thick with the Spirit in here. So I believe that people attend our church. They will encounter Jesus and He will show them His grace and love. But I also know people won't know about Jesus unless we tell them. We show them, we guide them, we disciple them. And I also believe God provides exactly what we need, even though we're a smaller church. I believe He gives gifts and He gives roles and parts to where our church is right now, to also the future of our church, to grow and develop and um, serve our church. He equips us. Are you open to that? Maybe you're sitting here thinking, I don't know my part. I don't actually think I have anything to give. I don't know what, I don't really have a gift. I'm going to encourage you to think differently this morning to shift our thinking. Maybe instead of saying, I don't have the gift to do that, or I don't have the skills for that, or I just can't give that. Instead, maybe we need to say, you know, I don't know if I can teach or if I can't, but I'll give it a try and then I'll trust that God will work somehow through me. I don't know if I can increase my giving, but I'll give it a try and I'll trust God to take care of me. I don't tell you that, like, I don't stand here and think I'm some amazing preacher. <laughs> I definitely don't think that. There are people on our preaching team, I was only praying this last night, like, God, like, that have theology down, like, study, like, Sam is so wise, <laughs> and he honestly, like, the things he comes up with, I'm just like, that's amazing, like, I don't even understand how you got that out of this, um, and, you know, Jacob and Nathan, I just think, like, there are people here that actually, and 
there are times when I'm like, oh, I, I, like this is not something I thought that I would be doing. But I pray that I just continue to remain open. And that when asked, I believe God will equip me and there's something that God is going to use in me. It doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm a deep theologian or not, that I'm going to give it a try and hope that he works through me. And I'm going to tell you every time he has, like every time when I've doubted or I don't think I have enough to give and I've taken the step anyway, he's always, always worked through me. So maybe we need to shift our thinking. Might not be about, you know, again, if we had a massive church, then everyone would have so many different roles, but we don't. But um, we'll get there, I promise. But maybe we need to shift our thinking to, I'll give it a try and I'll pray that God will provide and use me. I don't know if I've ever shared the story um, of how me and Sam took over Rev Youth um, ministry. Um, see, I'd left youth ministry. <laughs> I'd, I'd decided the year before that I'd served my time in youth ministry for a really long season. And um, I just felt really like God was, I, there was callings for other parts in the church that I could do. And I think I was asked to, uh, well, I know I was asked to help out in the welcome kind of hospitality space. And for me, I was like, actually, I think I can give like something fresh to that. I was like, yep, I'm all in. I'll do that. I'm going to, there's enough leaders. I'm going to kind of like end well. Um, and I know for Sam, he was really like, again, in his wisdom and his thinking, he was like, man, I would love um, to do discipleship. I'd love to help write some material for small groups and like lead a discipleship at our church. So we had plans. Me and Sam had plans that were nothing to do with Rev Youth Ministry. And we got called to Nathan's house for dinner. I thought it was just for dinner, like a fun time. Let's hang out. Let's have dinner. I can't even remember what he served us. Nathan's a pretty good cook, so you should try and invite yourself over to his house for dinner because um, he's pretty good. Um, and we sat down and, and Nathan says to us, oh, by the way, um, Nick is moving on from Rev Youth. And we've been thinking and praying and we would like you and Sam to take over Rev Youth. And to be honest, I was shocked. One, that Nick was moving on. I was shocked about that. And two, I was like, wait, I've, lo I've left youth ministry. What are you, like, why are you asking me? And the third reason was me and Sam were dating at the time, but I kind of felt like you leading a, something together, that's, that's a big commitment. That's, you know, that's, well, for me, that's great. For Sam, I was like, ooh, he might run. <laughs> maybe this is what I need. And maybe it was um, to trap him into marriage. Um, but we didn't say yes straight away. We were like, Nath, you need to give us time. We need to go away. We need to pray about this because we had plans and the plans were other things, other parts to play in the body. I'm like, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for youth ministry. And we prayed and we talked. And we got other people to pray for us, even though they didn't know what they were praying for us for. Um, but we just were like, man, I just really 
feel like we need prayer. And we didn't have, we don't have it all together. I just want you to know me and Sam, although we look like the perfect couple and the perfect people, <laughs> we don't have it all together. But our pastor asked us to fill a gap and play a part in our church. And we couldn't deny that. And so we went away and we prayed and we were like, God, we know we don't, we're not perfect. We know we don't have this all together. But if this is what you want, we know you will equip us. We just have to be faithful and you you will equip us. And honestly, He has. And I say this because there's no place I'd rather be on a Friday night than youth. And that's Jesus working through us because we took a step of faith. It wasn't our plan. But we knew that church needed us. And so we stepped into the role. And I want to tell you, it's challenging. <laughs> and in that, we've had a family. So that makes it even more challenging for us. And look, this term alone, I had to print the flyer three times because the first time I left off a week. And then the second time I made up a date, which was... 31st of November, it doesn't exist. Like, I'm telling you, I'm not perfect. I don't get it right. I, I don't get it right. Sam and me, there are weeks where we go, man, we should have invested more. Like, there's, like, yeah, we don't get it right all the time, but we know that we are where we're meant to be because we took a faithful step and God is equipping us and using us. And when the time comes for us to move on, then I know that He will make sure there's someone else ready to go. Like I have no um, anxiety about it. I'm at peace with the decision we made. And we decided it not to do it for a season. Nathan asked us originally, like, can you just do it for a little time? And me and Sam walked away and we're like, if we're gonna commit to this, then we need to commit for life. Like this is, we know it may not be for life because I don't think anyone 90 year old should be running Rev Youth Ministry. <laughs> but in our minds, we knew that that's what we needed to do. See, you might think I don't have the gift or I'm not sure I'm equipped to play the part. But I fully believe if you take those steps of faith, Jesus will equip you. He'll give you the gifts. The Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. You just gotta remain faithful. So you may sit there and think, I don't have the gift to lead us in worship the way Susie and Dan and the team do. And look, I'm, I don't think all of us are designed to pick up a mic and sing because I've heard some of us sing. <laughs> but you know what we can do? We all can lead worship from our seats. We all can lead worship in our families. You may not have the gift of preaching, but you can share your testimony with someone. You can share what God has done in your life with someone. You may not know how to make coffee and we expect good coffee, but you can take orders. Maybe you don't have the energy to serve at Rev Youth Ministry, but you can greet a young person every Sunday when they're here 
and you can pray for our youth ministry each and every week. I went to a church, me and Sam, once when we were on holidays, we went to Newcastle and there's a church there called North Lakes. And in the service, um, they were honouring people's service. They were honouring the things and the parts the body were playing at that church. And they got up these two elderly, uh, this elderly couple, I don't know how old they were, but they looked quite old. I shouldn't judge by that, but they did look old. Um, and they got up. And what they were being honoured for was they had done over 100 nights of prayer for their street ministry. So why every week they couldn't go out and do street ministry. But while the street ministry was taking place, they committed to prayer for that street ministry. And they'd done that consecutively every week for 100 weeks and they're getting honoured at their church for that. How amazing is that? We all have a part to play. It all is to build up the church, to edify the church, to encourage the church. And you don't have to wait for the pastor to ask you. You don't have to wait for Nathan to bring you over to his house because it doesn't happen very often, let me assure you. I'm family, it doesn't happen that often. You don't have to wait You just need to start playing your role. So I challenge you again, what part are you playing? What gifts have you been given and how are you using them to serve the church? And how can you build up, encourage and comfort the body this week? You don't have to wait. So I'm just... Honestly, it just asks that maybe we just have a time for the Spirit to move and reflection. Um, I just ask maybe we close our eyes. Maybe there's something that's been nagging at you, but you just, maybe you're like, man, I don't know if I ask that, someone will laugh at me. If, like Nathan will think, why are you asking to do that? Or I don't know what it is. Maybe you're not sure where you sit. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you're the newest member of our church or the oldest serving member of our church. We all have a part to play. And so I just want to spend a bit of time because I believe that as we sit and pray, things might pop into our head that the Spirit's telling us that we need to commit to or do or a role we can play. And it's not all about Sunday. I just want to make that clear. We are the body of Christ, whether we're in this church on a Sunday or not. But we're just going to sit in this moment.
I just encourage you this week, continue to reach out. Continue to ask God to reveal to you the part you can play. Continue to seek opportunity. And in all of that, continue to rely on the head of our church, the Father, who will be your source and your power. If you say yes, if you take a faithful step between for something that maybe you're, you know, like anxious about, I, I fully believe the Holy Spirit will equip you and use you. You just got to say yes. I'm just going to pray. God, we just, we just thank You. We thank You that um, You do build the church and we thank You for that. But we also thank You that You equip us and guide us and, and show us the part that we have to play in the building of Your church. We thank You that You have designed us as such that we all don't have to have the same gift or the same part. In fact, that wouldn't work, but that actually there's so many different parts and so many different functions and that we need each person to work together to really make the church healthy and flourish. And so we just ask that You continue to speak to us, continue to minister to us, continue to provide us opportunities so that we may serve. Be clear, Jesus. Let us know where we fit. Let us pray right now that every person in this room knows their value and the importance, that part they play in building your kingdom. Be with us as we go into the week. We pray for Nath as he's away and Susie and the kids. We just ask Holy Spirit that you just bless Nath as he um, continues his learning um, and that you speak through him and continue to um, grow his dreams and visions for our church. And be with Susie and the kids as they're home um, this week. Just protect them, Jesus. Um, yeah, we ask all these things in your mighty name. Amen. That's me. I have nothing else. Um, but I do ask, um, Norm, did you finish your coffee, your big giant coffee you brought? Was I quick enough for you? He brought the big cup because he said I was talking today. <laughs> hey, he also encouraged me. So it's, yeah. Look, bless you as you go into this week. Uh, continued, I hope God continues to minister to you. Go and say hello to someone you don't know. Um, you know, I know Nate's not here, but I'm sure a text message or an email this week that says, hey, I, I'm willing to step up and play the part will be um, encouraging to him. Um, but yes, that's it. Peace.